present. Big, big low with the Mac 11 to match the denim. Yo, welcome everybody to uh, Chopping It Up with the Conduit. This is episode 16, and today we have the MC, the producer, uh, the filmmaker, you know, the fashion icon, you know what I'm saying, uh, Mr. Thurston Howe the Third. Yeah. What's say, good, what up people? To, say what up to the people, bro. What's up, people? How y'all doing out there today, man? man? All right, man, they giving you mad love. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the cons is up in here, too. <laughs> you know, the cons is our family, man. A lot of people don't know that. Like, my projects was not just lowlifes. It was Decepticons, yeah. too. Yeah. We were all we were all there. They really are part of our family tree, man. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, D4L. I already know what time it is. You already know. Sure enough. All right, so let's, I'm going to um give the people, like, we're going to start off from the beginning, then we're going to get to the present and what you definitely got going on in the future, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, I usually like, you know, just break it down simple, you know, straightforward, just like how the father teaches us. So, you know, with that being said, I know you were immersed in hip hop, you know, in the eighties, but you were coming in, you know, in the fold as, you know, a graph artist and a B-boy, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? What, what were your influences, you know, to bring you into that part of the culture? I mean, just what I was seeing in my environment, as far as uh graph, you know, touched me first. The fashion actually touched me first. You know, there was a brother. I, I was born in Far Rockaway, Queens, man. So I lived there, you know, in my early ages. That was my first influence in hip-hop. Okay. Uh, there was a brother who lived on my block named Richie, an older brother. You know, he was the dude rocking the Montnecks and the British Walkers and, you know, the, the Gabardines and drinking the old England. I used to see Rich as when I was a little kid and... You know, I was influenced by seeing his style first, you know? Word. And he was the one that was listening to the Cold Crush tape. So this is probably 79, 80, and things like right. that. So, you know, from there, I really got into the graph just because in Far Rockaway, everybody was a graph writer, you know, in, in my public school, all of that. So graph really grasped on to me heavy, man. Um, right. It's crazy because... You know, I had a black book in like 81, 82, so I had a lot of burners with everybody from Far Rockaway. And, you know, I was always back and forth to Miami, to my grandparents' house. Right. And when when I went to Miami in like 82 with my black book, nobody even heard of graffiti when I was out there. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm showing this off to everything and everybody in Miami. And, you know, to my understanding to this day, they have a graffiti museum in Miami now, in the Wynwood area. In the Wynwood, yeah, Wynwood area. I was about yeah, to so, ask that. Is, that. is that a reason why, were you like the, let's just say the father to that, since you said you brought graffiti to Miami in 82? That's, that's what their reports and their research says. That's that crazy. a lot of it came, it came from... When I came down with my black book, it influenced a lot of people who became legendary writers. I wasn't a bomber or anything. I wasn't bombing when I was out there. You know, I was still a, a kid, basically confined to you know to the rules of my grandparents' home and things like that. Yeah, no but, doubt. But what I was doing, you know, in my fashion style and 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 all the burners I was doing in the books and the other people, it really it had an impact, man. And I was shocked to you know see that even the museum now has a segment for me in there as, you know, one of the pioneers of graffiti in Miami. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. 
Yeah, blew my mind. Yo, that's blowing my mind now because that's the first for me to hear that. You know what I mean? Because I've been down to Miami plenty of times, and you know I know of your your low life family events that you have down there during December. You know, and I've been in Wynwood, and I've noticed the graffiti and the art, but now to find out that you were basically, you know, the innovator, you know, the, the one who helped bring that culture to Miami is is even more gratifying. Yeah, that's that's crazy, and I'm 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 it's something to be proud of for me, man. I was like, wow, I've had more impact than I know, man, and it feels good. I mean, I mean, well, let's segue let's segue more into with that impact. And let's talk about your crew, the low lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, starting out, you know, young in, you know, Marcus Garvey Village, did you think, you know, you and your brothers in the crew would basically come to worldwide notoriety how it is uh, today? Never, man. I never, I never imagined that. You know, it's crazy. I remember back in the days, you know, one of my, my brother Disco came to me and he was like, yo, I had a dream that we was rappers and we was on stage and uh, you know I never was a rapper either. Right. Yeah, I know, I that. I know with, that. So it was like it was funny cuz we just laughed at it. And you know to see it actually come to life years and years later. And then he was like, "Yo, imagine if we would have became rappers back then." I'm like, "If we would have became rappers back then, it would have never lasted cuz the mentality that we had was it wasn't meant for us to to do it back then, you know what I mean? Right, it right. took time. It, it, I, I guess the universe waited for us to mature to be able to handle these things and, and you know, take them to where they are now. Mm. That's, man, well, I mean, I know the rap because I actually was, let's say, introduced to you by the source in 97 through Unside Hype. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and at that point, you know, I, I really wasn't, I, I can't say I wasn't privy to what was going on with low life, you know what I mean? Because down here in D.C. in that time, yeah, we rocked polo, but a lot of the fashion was either Hugo Boss yeah. or, you know, some of the, the, the independent fashions, say, like, um, you know, Summer Madness and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? You might seen little hints of polo here and there, but it wasn't, you know, to, to the magnitude that you and your crew has done it, where is actually being copied to today. Not say copied, let's say paid homage to, you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you definitely influenced, you know, generations, even younger generations I see now that you normally wouldn't be seeing rock and low, you know, they're yeah. out here rock and low. So, and, and let me tell you, it, 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 at that time frame at 97 and things like that, the low was dying out, you know what I mean? Like in New York City as well. Tommy Hilfiger was even more dominant than him at that time. Mm -hmm. And low lights was kind of simmering down because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the founding members already suffered a lot of consequences, a lot of yes. prison time. So dudes started making transitions. And um, there was even a, a lot of, you know, low life members went blood and crip. When blood and crip mm -hmm. started emerging, they mm -hmm. became like the leaders of the bloods and crips throughout Brooklyn and things like that. So, you know, it was it was a fight, man, for me to go out there and make sure this polo never goes out of style or that right. my crew name don't go out of style. You know, me, myself, I had a transition a, a, around that time. You know, I, I transitioned into doing positive things. My yes. life took a turn for the better, and, yes. you know, my mind opened up to so many other things. So, 
you know, as I started becoming an artist, I just was being myself. I wasn't trying to have some kind of image or be this or that. I was just being myself all the way, you know, as far as how I look, how I walk, and things like that. So doing the music, doing the first raucous single cover, you know, yes. all these things really started what became the the new millennial generation of lowlifes. You know, we actually opened up the gates to allow it to let other people come in who had different things to offer rather than just being street dudes or grimy, you know, because we were living differently before. So you couldn't have easy access like that. You were tested, right. you know, you in many dimensions. You were but, tested daily. And you tested by your own people. Right. You know what I mean? So when, when, when we made that transition, man, we allowed a lot more other people to come in who had different kind of resources, different intellect, different experience, different attitude, you know, to, to really help us, man, to, to make it beneficial. You know, a lot of the street dudes don't want to do the vocational and technical no. stuff. They don't want to get on the computer. They don't want to write a bio or, you know, right. so having all these other people who were willing to come together and be a part of who we are, you know, we, we made an exchange. We gave yes. them what we had. They gave us what who they were, and that's why it's so global and, and so big now because of that, man. Acceptance of, you know, different worlds of different people, all these different nationalities and all that. That's why it emerged the way it did, and it's global, man, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I'm enjoying it to this day. You know, there's there's still some pieces that I, I'm I'm not gonna front that are holy grails that I'm trying to find. But I I, I know in due time, I'm, maybe if I get a chance to come to the mansion, you know, let me know what's good. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not in due time. It's in due price. Okay, due price. <laughs> you get yeah, you get you get every piece you want. Everything is still out there in existence. All right, say less. Then we'll definitely talk offline on that if you're saying it's in due price. I, I can definitely talk to you on, on, on that on that note. But I want to talk about, yes, definitely you weren't always in the hip-hop, but it just seems like you've mastered definitely each part of this element. No, I was always into hip-hop. I just right. was not a rap MC. artist. Right, yeah. and MCing, so to speak. So I want you to talk about the time when you got to MTV. And first, you know, it, it started out as production assistant, but then you ended up becoming a writer, you know, to the very popular, you know, Lyricist Lounge. You know, uh -huh. I, I want you to talk about how you, you know, came about that or how they approached you on, on that note, so far as coming from a production assistant standpoint. I mean, the, the entire time that I worked at MTV, which is, is a job I got while on a work release program for mm. Britain. Okay. You know what I mean? So I was part of different programs, you know, uh, alternative to violent programs, everything you had to mandatorily take to be allowed to be released. You know, so I, I, I applied myself when I was in these programs and things like that. So I worked for the the Amera ICANN Foundation for Social Change. It's a okay. program uh, the found, founded by Jim Brown, the Hall of Fame football player. Yeah, Cleveland so, uh, Yep. So I was, I was, I was basically in that program. And when I graduated the program at my graduation uh, dinner, they approached me and asked me if I would consider being a facilitator for the program to teach the program to other inmates and things like that. I mean, you know, I'm on work release, really, so I took it as a job. It was a right. job where I was actually paid and 
it gave me access to my freedom to be out in the streets a couple of days a week and things like that. So, and like I said, I, I didn't just take it because of that. I, it was really something that I was applying myself in and it really opened my mind. It was, it taught me a lot about decision making processes and things like that. You know, here I am, I'm living this life of consequences where I'm constantly suffering consequences to my actions because I'm making these decisions that are sending me here. You know what I mean? So that program had a, a lot to do with my maturity, my growth, and everything that was to take me to MTV. Yes, you know, yes. so just by me working the program like that, I was approached by another program in California called uh, the Street Lights Production Assistant Program. Okay. It was a program that basically brings people into the film business, like ex-cons, ex-addicts, gang members. It's something to help transition their lives. Mm -hmm. So they offered me a job to go work at MTV and represent Street Lights. You know, I'll be the first person in from New York to do it in New York because it mm -hmm. was a L.A.-based program. Right. And, um, and I had to go work for free. And I was like, let's go. Let's I'm, go. I'm here. My first day. You know, I'm this big cock diesel dude that coming out of prison. They take me to the MTV Beach House in the Hamptons on my first day. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. Dang. But, you know, I mean, I, it was a beautiful experience, man. Like, for my first day, the greatest thing I could have imagined, man. You know, seeing all of this stuff. I, it was the Beach House. So we're filming Beach House episodes. You know how the Beach Houses are designed. Oh, yeah, They're like yeah. big playgrounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in the Hamptons, you know? Yeah. So basically you was living life in, in a sense. I, I mean, I came to work. I didn't come to talk to people. I was very quiet, man. I didn't want to ruin the opportunity. Mm. I didn't I didn't want to open my mouth and say the wrong thing because of where I come from. Come Everybody from? knows I'm from prison. Everybody, right. I, that's how I got the job. So mm -hmm. my thing was to, to, to just, I had to make sure that I did a good enough job to get access for someone else to come through, you know? So that's what I was basically doing. And part of that was to shut my motherfucking mouth and just do what I'm supposed to do. Word. So uh, with that being said, you know, I guess all the knowledge and the wisdom that you gained from being at that job, I guess that brought into fruition the skill illusion, so, uh, so to speak, correct? Exactly. Let me tell you the craziest part. When I worked, I worked at MTV all those years. I had no interest in making film, mm. nor did I try to learn about it while I'm there. I, I didn't, I didn't pursue it at all. I didn't begin to know what I knew until after I left the job. Mm. That's when I realized how much knowledge I had for production. You know what I mean? Yes. When I wanted to shoot my own music video, that's when I figured out, wow, I know all this shit. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, we're talking three decades of work here. Yeah. Three decades of work. You know, not not many not many people can say, or can say that you're even be in that type of position. You know, I mean, like I, I said, I, I was I was blessed. I was blessed, man. People, you know, stepped in and helped steer my life in another direction, man. But as far as getting to the lyricist last show, uh, you know, my mother passed away in '98, right? God bless. When my mother, when my mother passed away, that's when I made the decision to 
be an artist full time. So I quit mm. every job I had. I had like three jobs at the time. Wow. You know, I always been a dude. I do whatever on the street, but I also yes. could go up in a corporation and be the man. I know yeah, how to. Yeah. I know how to work. I know how to speak to people. I know how to get the job done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I quit. I quit MTV in '98, and I went back in '99 mm -hmm. for the Lyricist Lounge show. But that was through the Lyricist Lounge. MTV didn't bring me on. I didn't go through their channels. Right. I went through the Lyricist Lounge channels. You know, being one of the the, the creators of the show, like you know. Yeah. Myself, Wordsworth, we were people that were actually rhyming and speaking conversation in rhyme form, and they were filming this stuff. Word. And, you know, they packaged it and presented it to MTV, and next thing you know, we had an MTV Lyricist Lounge show. It was that, now, I noticed, have you noticed uh, there's a lot of, you know, reboots? Is that something that you would think about doing with Lyricist Lounge? I mean... Time will tell you. Time will tell. <laughs> it's going right. down. Well, I, I, I want to talk about Thurston Howe, you know, the fashion icon. You know, I know it was most recently it was recognized, let's say, uh, 2018 when Ralph Lauren and Vice, you know, finally came to you, so to speak, and hired you, I, I guess would you say hire, so to speak. But I, I wanted to know, you know, when it came around for that Snow Beach campaign, you know, was it out of, you know, something genuine on their part? Or was it from the rallying cries from the people of the street letting them know that you need to pay homage to so-and-so and so-and-so -and, -so and, so and so forth? You know what I mean? Um, I, I believe it was it was a combination of all those things. And mm -hmm. I, I got to credit my good friend, too. Tom Gould, who was, um, yes, you know, who, who did the Bury Me with the Low On book together. Yeah, the book. Yes. You know, through the book, um, Polo seen what to bring back. You know, Ralph Lauren and Polo, they yes. never did retro ever. None. My, my book brought everything back everything. that they ever did. But it also got Tom the job at Polo, you know, shooting their commercials and their campaigns and yes. things like that. So, Tom also always pitched them the ideas of Thurston. Thurston should Thurston. be this. So, you know, it was a combination of all of them things, including Tom Gould, man. So shout out to my boy Tom. So, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, when you were putting together that, that coffee table book, as they explained it, you know, I know you were going through the archives and things of that nature. Like, did he uh, did Tom Gould approach you about doing this book, or was this was something that you wanted to do and you found Tom? Um, I've been working on the books for years, right? right. Mm -hmm. If you if you ever read any of the Source magazine articles, the Stress magazine, most of that stuff was just pieces from the gigantic book I'm working on. Mm -hmm. So when when Tom approached me, you know he approached me with the idea, and you know we came together to decide to talk about the culture today, not just. You know, the book is not based on the low-life story. It's based on right. the low-life and the polo culture with brief descriptions of the history and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's just pieces of this gigantic book I got right now. There are more books coming. You know what I mean? Because that's only a fraction of the photos. Yeah, that's you know, it's just thinking. a fraction of the stories. Like, you know, like my next book is like, you know, this book was based around my low-life time. 
Right. My next book is about my entire life, you know, mm -hmm. take you through all the steps, all the channels, show you the photos of, you know, all my life from a you kid to, yeah, my Afro days, my yeah. flat top, my, my mother, my grandparents' history, where that my grandparents came, because I had to tell their story before I could tell my parents' story so people could understand why I, I was under those circumstances to become what I became, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yes, that's peace. That's peace. That's peace, man. I mean, I mean, I guess you, you just think what three decades worth of, you know, rhyming, you know, filmmaking, you know, being a fashion icon, you know, influencing, you know, influencing the world. What you do? I mean, I guess when you start out in this this culture, this thing we call hip hop, you you really don't think that it would take you to certain heights, but in actuality, you know, you're doing what you love and you're getting paid for doing that's, what you love. That's the whole, and let me tell you the craziest thing. People need to understand this out, out there for everybody. I never cared about getting paid for what I'm doing. I just wanted it to share with the world. I just wanted to be respected yes. for what I could do because it's what I loved. I never had a plan to get paid for this. It was not, it was not that wasn't my target. It wasn't my intention. Well, my thing was to just be the, you know, the illest and the most respected and, it, you know, everything just came into fruition the way it did. And I just worked it accordingly, you know, yeah, it's a blessing, it. man. Don't do what you love, man. I let people know that all the time. Like if you don't have a hobby, man, go find a hobby and you'll be shocked what your hobby will turn into. Just anything that you're passionate about, man, you have to be passionate about something. Hey man, those are words of wisdom that I think a lot of people need to hear nowadays because when you try to tell somebody, I guess, you know, not tell somebody what to do or you congratulating, you know, there's that one section where people will say either you're dick riding, but then if you don't say nothing, you're hating, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But I'm more so in the lane of, I, I guess the energies that I'm around, as long as they reciprocate what I'm reciprocating, then I should be good to go. Yeah, true indeed. True. I see my nephew Josh on. He on there. What's up, nephew? Yeah, I see man. You tuning in. Yeah, and, and you know, with three day, you know, being three decades in, and you know, seeing, I see some of the ads now. You know, with your children. You yeah. Know, you know, with your son. How how does that feel? You know, with the you know your legacy being passed down onto him. I mean, I love it, man. You know, yeah. I love it. I could be proud, man. Like, just to see, you know, me leading by example at home and seeing what my children pick up. And, you know, I have I, most of my children are grown, man. They like yes. with their own children already. Right. So, uh, as far as my youngest and all that, what they're doing, man, it's just he's the one gravitating the most right now because he's the one mostly involved because he wants to be. You know, I had, like, my son Jesus, I had him on album covers when he was six months, yeah. filming him at six months. And, you know, he, I, I believe the world got to see his growth, you know? Yeah. Right yeah. now, you know, what? That, that brought to mind right now, I remember listening to Red Alert, you know, on, on, on 98.7 Kiss when hip-hop was young. And at, Now, on, on 98.7 Kiss. So okay. Red Alert, at the end of his show, Every every time he ended his show, he had his son say, Daddy, we out of here, right? 
And yo, I, I, I yeah. always wonder where is that kid today? I want to see what he looked like. And you know, like hearing <laughs> hearing that and growing up, listening to the voice of that little kid, I can imagine who he is today or what he looks like. You know, and just to say how impactful hearing his voice when he was so young. You know what I mean? That is it, so reminiscent to me, man. Well, maybe uh, you know, well, since you put that out there, maybe uh, I can get Red on here and we and maybe oh, you know be able to to relay that message to him. Nah, see what, yeah, that's love. With that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you said you were in the studio doing work. Nah, I'm good. I'm good, man. It's not yeah. no work. We having a barbecue, man. I'm, I'm out here in Orlando with Nico is, and he just came back from um, Chappelle's uh, oh camp. Uh, Oh, I, in oh, Ohio. Is it Ohio? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you yeah. know, everybody's just welcoming back. You know, we, we had some new stuff we worked on. We're giving it a listen to and things like that, you know. So it's just a, a cool-out vibe. You know, so I'm here for whatever you need me for right now. It's all good. I mean, I already told you what the time was. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to get in, and, and we definitely got it in. You know what I mean? You were pretty thorough about, you know, your life and and. and you know, there's certain aspects that we covered, you know, me personally, I, these were certain questions I wanted to ask myself, you know what I'm saying? Cause most of the time when you get, you really didn't do much interviews either. You know, it was hard for me to find, you know what I'm saying? You really didn't yeah. speak much. It was more so action. It was either through the music, through the videos, or we'd see it, you know, yeah. through the fashion display, you know what I'm saying? So just the, for you to come on today with me was, mystery. was a blessing. Mystery brings about a lot of things, man, and that's something I study, you know, according to how a lot of artists do it, man. I, I, I really don't like to run my mouth, man. I really don't like to be exaggerating or, you know, riding my own dick. And I, yeah. I hate all that shit, man. I, feel I like to just let the work speak for itself. That's what they always say, let the work speak for itself. It's going to tell the world who you are. You know, me as an artist, that's what... I'm trying to do, you know, just from my perspective. True indeed, true indeed. That's what it is, man. Well, uh, Thurston, man, if you want, man, tell the people what you got going on and what you got coming up in the future and how they can get in touch with you, how they can spend some of that money with you, you know what I mean? Like, well, you already know, ThurstonHowardTheThird.com. You know, everything is going down. I mean, there's massive merch. You could cop one of them 30 albums up there, mixtapes, posters. Right. T-shirts, you know, whatever you're looking for from Thirst. We got umbrellas now. We got yeah. polo patches, you know. And and just I'm just going to be consistent, man. I'm trying to do my best to stay here and, and, and keep helping to nourish hip-hop and helping this growth, man, and help influence and just really live positive, man, and make sure that our movement, the low-life movement, you know, stays being that, man, from a positive perspective, because that's why we're here now. That's why we got this far, because of the positivity, man. And I try to stress to a lot of the brothers how important that is, man, because if we don't have that, we're going to suffer them consequences again. You're going to suffer the consequences, regardless of what you believe or what you feel. It's going to catch you. The universe is going to let you know. Yeah, like, it, it comes back, man. And when, when I learned that, that's why my life is what it is now. That's the, why the transitions happened the way they did. I started living, you know, under different codes, man, under, 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 under different mannerisms. And I just became a, a more respectable person to people and, and 
people's time and understanding of what other people are going through, other areas. You know, being from New York, you feel you better than everybody everywhere. That's a New Yorker's attitude. You know, so as I got to travel the world, live in so many different neighborhoods, I learned the experience is different everywhere. It ain't what we just see in New York. You know what I mean? Every place is different. I've seen places with no homeless people. Hmm. And then I've seen places with people washing their clothes in the river. Mm -hmm. I've seen places where the hospital has to dry their laundry on the roof. You know what I mean? So nobody's living the same as long as you just learn to respect that everybody's different. Everybody has something to offer. You know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing, man. Hey, Thurston, I wanted to uh, also just just double back once and just let you know what brought it to fruition for me was when you came out with uh, Dallas Penn's The Low low End Theory. Yeah. Oh, to D.C. DC. Yeah. Yeah. Howard Theater. And it was you, Mayhem Loren. Uh, Sean P. Jay, yeah, Sean P. Jay Love. P. Yeah, Jay Love. Um, Buck, Rock Buck, Marciano. Rock Marciano, you know what I mean? And even even Rack Low, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was just, you know, that was my actual first live introduction into what it was about and what, you know, what, what it was all about. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to drop that one jewel for you. So. You know, I've been following since a lot since then, man. So, yo, you was there that day, right? You was in the audience, right? Yes. And I'll tell you like this. It was empty. Yes, it was. And I I performed like there was a million motherfuckers, right? And And I still got, yo, I still got that footage. Wow. I still got that footage. Wow. Because, yo, I remember how much I murdered them acapellas. Yes. So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna feed this crowd. Well, you know, in. yeah, and I, I went in. I remember, I, yo, I went in so hard. I remember when I got, when I went back, and I remember Sean P poured me a drink as soon as I went to back, and he was like, yo, come back out with me for a few. I was like, Word. that's what's up. You My did. nigga Sean P, yeah, he brought me back out with him for his yep. set. And you came out because you had the fur joint, the fur hoodie joint. You like, yeah, man. Rock, like, I remember that whole night. Wow, that's love, man. Yeah, man. I, that was a beautiful night, man. I had a lot of fun, man. That yeah, was, I'm, I'm gonna, and that's I'm what gonna, it's all about. I'm gonna dig up that footage and I'm gonna send that to you too, Lord. Wow, yeah. no. I'm gonna dig that up so you can go send me that, that cause yeah, that yeah. was really murderous, monstrous, yes. lyrical slaughter that day. I, real shit. Real I remember shit. just playing with it, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Wow, that's a beautiful thing, man. Yo, Thurston, wow. man, just, you know, I, I I thank you for, you know, chopping it up with me today. You know, thanks to my brother, you know, John Green, Polo Parata. He was yeah. the one, you know, actually linked this because, you know, we wanted to do something with you down at uh Miami Art Basel. Yeah. Actually, this, you know, 2020, but with COVID coming down, so on and so forth. Nah, it's, all, guess, it's all canceled anyway. We yeah, even canceled, canceled, you know. I mean, we didn't have to cancel our event because they had canceled the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So, but 2021, baby. Well, yeah, we, we, it's we gonna definitely be crazy. Gonna get it in. Yeah, I, I still got something in the play on how we, you know, we definitely want to work with you. But uh, I definitely wanted this to be the first of many. And again, you know, for you, you know, just thank you for everything that you've done for this culture. Thank you, you know man. Thank you. I appreciate it, and, and it was it was my honor, man. Yeah, I really, blessing, I, I loved and enjoyed every moment of it, man. Thank you so much, man. So, uh, like I said, I, I'll be in touch with that footage, man, for you. 
and um, some other things that we able to get to talk to. So I'll let you get back to, you know, your brothers and your sisters out there enjoying your Sunday barbecue out there, man. And again, man, thank you, you know, for chopping it up with me on this Sunday, bro. Thank you. Love and love, man. And, you know, shout out to all the people. I ain't say one love. Thank yeah. you for tuning in. Them yeah. L's is hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep yeah. it righteous. And we're going to be here for a long time, baby. All right. That's what it is. All right, man. Much love. One love. Peace. Peace. All right, y'all. Episode 16 in the can with the legend Thurston Howe III, co-founder of The Low Lifes, MC, producer, filmmaker, I mean, fashion icon. He got it all, man. Yo, thank you for joining me this Sunday. Shout out to my executive producer, Mika. You are the best. Thank you, everybody, for sticking out with me. I know the last two Sundays was a little rough, but, you know, that's part of the game. I'm learning, and uh, we definitely got some more to go. So enjoy the rest of y'all Sunday. I'm the low-life general, past and present. Big, big low with the Mac 11 to match the denim, master denim. Madam, madam, when